Hello and welcome to episode 39 of the Avatar Hour podcast, your ultimate companion podcast to the world of Avatar. I'm Andre. And I'm Kayla. And this week we will be recapping episodes 213, The Drill, and 214, City of Walls and Secrets from season 2 of Avatar, The Last Airbender. Before we start, we do want to warn you that this podcast will be mentioning spoilers for Avatar The Last Airbender, The Legend of Korra, and The Rise of Kyoshi. However, you are free from spoilers about The Shadow Kyoshi as well as any Avatar Universe comic books. Kayla, how are we doing this week? Um, well, I'm actually back in New Jersey. Am I currently recording this from my childhood bedroom, which I think is actually where we recorded our first episode of the podcast. So, That's right. you know, kind of a full circle moment going on here. Um, I'm graduating uh next weekend so that's exciting mm. and yeah i'm just doing well getting you know spending time with family you know getting a nice break from school for a little bit before grad school kicks off two days after graduating <laughs> so mm-hmm. are you there's an actual ceremony this year this time mm-hmm. yeah awesome. we're going to be it's a all the graduating classes that didn't get to have an in-person ceremony last time combined with mashing the schools together so i will be graduating with the engineering college and the college of our physical science the physical sciences see pass mm-hmm. so that's yeah. gonna be interesting well first so people who uh, are not familiar with the the morgantown area or west virginia university in general um oh. this is gonna be an utter nightmare and is and is the main reason i am not going to my graduation ceremony because the whole city is gridlocked when there's like a basketball game yeah. It is further gridlocked times two when there's a graduation ceremony. Now, I want you to imagine what's going to happen when you have three graduating classes and all their families. I know they're they're limiting kind of the number of tickets yeah. for like COVID reasons, not for traffic reasons. But still, they're getting like seven tickets out of person. But this, that's still a lot. That's still one a lot. One person, like, you know, one ticket for the graduate and six for the family. So, you know. That's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. That's still, you can, you can have a lot of people come. I that. can. And the hotels, oh my, I I just... The hotels, my dad tried getting a hotel in Morgantown. He doesn't live too far from Morgantown, but they were, like, jacking up the prices to, like, almost $300 oh, yeah. a night. Like, oh, yeah. leading it's people crazy, dry Mama. kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. So that's why I'm, like, I'm walking to my graduation. I'm getting up early. <laughs> I'm walking over there because I live, I live, like, you know, I mean, it will be a bit of a walk for sure, but it won't be, like, impossible. Like, right. I used to walk that kind of distance to get to football games. I'm like, I can do this for my freaking graduation. Let's do it. And it, it is an outside ceremony, right? Yeah, so we're going to be at this football stadium. And what happens if it rains? Oh, it's still happening. We're getting free ponchos. Okay. Turn up. We're going to turn up our, we're going to turn up rain on me and just, you know, have a little <laughs> dance party on the football stadium, you know. <laughs> at least that's what Love I'm going to do. No one else joins in, whatever. <laughs> Well, I'm, I am glad that you are at least getting a graduation ceremony this yeah, year. Yeah, me too. Me too. Well, how about you? What's going on with you? How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Um, I'm sliding into my birthday weekend this Ooh, weekend. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun. Thank you. Uh, this year, it is on the same day as Mother's Day, which <laughs> also for a child of divorce, it is also extremely hard to try, try to figure that out. I spent like three weeks trying to figure out how to do it. Um, but no, it's gonna be fine. Um, looking forward to that. So much mental gymnastics. <laughs> yeah, always, fucking always. Um, but yeah, I'm doing pretty good. That's good. Uh, so let's slide into the news here. Um, we have just one tiny bit of news that I literally just got wind of twenty minutes before we started recording. Um, Funko announced yet another Avatar: The Last Airbender doll, and this time it's Spirit World Ang. So it's like this blue translucent Ang Funko Pop doll, and he's got his staff, and he's sort of like kneeling, 
Um, and it, it looks cool. I just like if you listen to our previous episode, they released like a like twelve, like a dozen or something like that mm-hmm. um, last week. So I wonder why they didn't announce it this particular one without one. Maybe it's just kind of like a a one off. They knew we special. needed some news. They knew we needed some news for our podcast. Yeah, they said that's true. A week. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. They're like, I think the Avatar Hour needs is gonna need some news this week. So thank you, Funko Pop doll. Is that literally the only news we got? <laughs> we are, again, we are not sponsored. We just, I just like Funko Pop dolls. But again, me too. I would still love some more Legend of Korra dolls. I want to clarify. I know we said last week that we would love some Legend of Korra Funko Pop dolls. We know that mm-hmm. there are some. I was listening back to it and it sounded like we were we were saying there are none ever. We know there are some. There's just not a lot of them. We'd like some more, please. We'd like some more. Yeah. <laughs> Please, uh, please uh, another Legend of Korra Funko Pop doll, please. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But that was just a little. Any any thoughts on that, Kayla? Before we move on, it's cute. I mean, you showed me the you showed me the post over Zoom, like holding your cam your phone up to the camera. Um, so from what I can see of it, it looks cute. You know, um, am I going to be you know tearing down the doors of a nearest Target or Hot Topic to get that doll? Um, no, but it is cute. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's definitely, it's more of a, like, a collector's sort of thing. Again, like, the Admiral Zhao is, like, no one's going to, like, FYE or, or like, Spencer's to get, like, a Admiral Zhao Funko Pop doll. It's more or, just, like, like, a completionist collector sort of thing. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um. Awesome. So, before we start the episode recap, we want to quickly let you know about our Patreon. If you pledge to our exclusive Patreon, you will receive so many amazing benefits, including early release episodes with no ads access to our show script and episode notes, as well as access to our flagship benefit, Avatar After Hour, which are uh, bonus bite-sized episodes of the show where we discuss all kinds of different and much more focused topics. Next week's Avatar After Hour, we will be Twitter fancasting the cast for the Avatar live-action series and sharing our casting to each other by way of PowerPoint presentation. So I am extremely excited for this because i know we're gonna have a good time so if you want to join in definitely subscribe to us at our five dollar air acolyte level we also have a one dollar level and a three dollar level and they all have their own special benefits so yeah if you'd like to join us visit patreon.com slash the avatar hour podcast to join our little patreon family and that brings us into our first episode recap of the episode the drill episode 213 the episode literally opens seconds after the previous episode ends Aang's about to enter Bossing Say in search of Appa when suddenly a bad stands for big ass drill starts <laughs> rolling towards the city with the intent of penetrating the first wall of the city. Inside the drill, we find Ozai's angels, Azula, Ty Lee, and May. In case y'all forgot who that is, because I will not drop that term. Just letting you know now. I love it. That's not going anywhere. War Minister uh, Chin brags a little about the drill's scientific ingenuity. And then Ty Lee points out the Earthbender guards. Uh, Chin replies that the Metal shell of the drill is impenetrable to earthbender attacks. Um, Azul agrees, but, you know, just to be safe, because she's always thinking like three, five steps ahead, sends May and Ty Lee to take him out just to be ahead of things. Um, Isn't this Chin guy? I, I, I neglected to go back and check, but isn't he the one that shows up at the Northern Air Temple? And collected the war balloon? Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. Isn't isn't that the same guy? He looked the same. Maybe? I mean, he kind of bragged about a scientific, you know, how this drill works is such, you know, how this drill's amazing and here's why. I think he would be the kind of person who would be like, well, there's here's an opportunity right here. We're literally landing in our laps with these war balloon things. Yeah, he's got his own, his own avatar wiki page. 
It doesn't mention any other episode, so probably not. But he just lo- he just reminded me of, of the guy. Gotcha. Um. Oh, I'm so sorry. He did he did show up there. Okay, you're right. It is it is the same guy. Sorry. Right. I, re- I read it wrong. No right. worries. Sorry to derail you. <laughs> That's all good. Well, we're getting all back to over to the gang. They're reaching the city of Bossing Say with the refugees they had traveled with through the Serpent's Pass. And Aang returns on his glider with Momo and reports that something big stopped him from entering the city, i.e. the big-ass drill. They reach the wall while Aang and Toph use earthbending to send them up the outer wall and into the city. Uh, when they reach the top, Aang points out the big-ass drill headed their way. Some of the guards are a little peeved that civilians are on top of the wall. Aang then reveals himself as the Avatar and requests they be taken to their leader. Haha, <laughs> alien joke. I'm kidding. That's not even a, you know, I had to make it the reference there. Mm-hmm. Um, much to his surprise, however, the commanding officer, General Sung, says that the Avatar's help is completely unnecessary. The wall is impenetrable and prevents any inva- enemy invasion of Bossing Say. Anyone else getting kind of like the unsinkable ship, Titanic vibes going on there? Heavy, heavy Titanic vibes. Yes. Just a well, bit, doesn't, doesn't Top also say, well, like the, the Dragon of the West did it? Yes, but. He turned back or something. He something like he was like stopped or something, or like he gave up. I don't remember what exactly what his words were with that, but you know what I mean. That like he basically like just, but just didn't... not the inner city, just the outer wall. <laughs> yeah, so he's like semantics, whatever. Yeah. Um, Top then points out the drill again, and Song sends his elite team of Earthbenders, the Terra Team. Ooh, <laughs> badass. Uh, faces off to face off against the drill. Um, ultimately, they're unsuccessful against two of Ozai's angels. However, I will say that the displays of earthbending here are pretty freaking cool. And that's the example that I like to use when in comparison to the earthbending in the movie that shall not be named. But these guys were, <laughs> like, you know, trying to mess around with tanks here. These guys took five of them to move a stone. Anyway, um, <laughs> so at this point, General Song starts panicking as he sees the terror team get their butts kicked by two of Ozai's angels. And Sokka then slaps him and tells him to get his shit together, which he, he, he deserved that, especially if you see how he behaves through the rest of the episode. And then he's like, okay, let's just take these teenagers and children and have them do a better job because they are going to do a better job. For real. Like, for real. <laughs> and to- Sokka really digs that that Terra team name. <laughs> he really does. He has some, he has some interesting, he, I guess it was like on the gears turning for him to try to come up with a name for their the gang, mm-hmm. which doesn't even isn't even a suggested name which kind of annoys me but anyway we'll get back to that at the end of the episode uh katara Toph, and ang all look to Sokka for a plan because he's the idea guy and they're not wrong Sokka then complains he always has to come up with the plans to which car mentions that he's also the complaining guy a title that he agrees with <laughs> i just gotta say that like with like i'm just like i remember watching this show for the first time and just seeing a lot of myself and my brother in Sokka and katara's relationship mm-hmm. and just seeing all like the one-liners and crap that like my brother like my brother rob who's been on the show that's him like he would do exactly that like yeah so it's always nice to kind of revisit it because it's it's a familiar feeling you know yeah also for some reason this episode really sticks out in my like um early childhood memories like i don't know i don't know if it's because they played it a lot but i remember watching this episode like all the time so Hmm. yeah it's got a little special place in my heart oh that's awesome uh well back to iroh and zuko i mean excuse me lee and mushi they have a ride (laughs) mushy 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 oh sorry mushy (laughs) mushy mushy same thing le and mushy yeah le uh They arrived in the city and are dealing with another cranky ticket lady. Ira then flirts with said ticket lady and comparing her beauty to that of a flower in full bloom, to which she flirts back a little and welcomes him back into Bossing Say. Uh, Zuko is just completely disgusted by this. He's like, I'm going to forget that I saw that. I'm like, 
Yeah, that, that's something I would say too. <laughs> Mr. Was Ira being a smooth talker? Look at him go. Anyway, meanwhile, Jet and trans icon Smeller B are discussing the possibility of Zuko joining the new Freedom Fighters because they're heading to Bossegze for a fresh start for them. Yay. Good for them, I guess. But also, confusing feelings coming from this episode. <laughs> Um, back to Katara, who's healing members of the Terra team after getting their asses beat, uh, explains to the general what chi blocking is and finds out from a soldier that they were ambushed by two girls and then describes Ty Lee. Katara remarks that Ty Lee does not look threatening, but it's like she takes you down from the inside. That's a direct quote from the episode, which mm-hmm. then sets off a light bulb in Sokka's head and he has a plan now to take down the drill from the inside, uh, proving himself to be once again the ideas guy. The gang goes down the wall, and Toph creates a dust cloud to hide them from view. The group dashes through the cloud close to the drill, and Toph creates a tunnel underground and tells them all to jump in before closing it up behind them. It's so dark down here, I can't even see a thing. Oh no, what a nightmare. Sorry. <laughs> Just like... <laughs> <laughs> One of the many great moments of comedy between these two episodes. I really love this part. Seriously, there's some, there's some good funny moments in this episode, but like some of them are super underrated. We all have the cactus juice and all that stuff. And that while it is still an iconic comedic moment for the series, mm-hmm. there's a moment later that I'll, I'll quote the whole thing. Trust me. Um, the gang then manages to get inside the drill without being detected. Toph chooses to stay outside and try to slow it down from there because she can't bend inside the big ass drill yet. I mean, she it's a metal bending reference here yeah i mean yeah, i think yeah. i say i think we've kind of been spoiled but with legend of Korra, like you know we're so used to like metal bending just being like everywhere mm-hmm. in that series where i'm just like oh, just metal bend it that'd be so much easier they can metal bend it and they literally reference like metal yeah bending. yeah there are several moments in this episode i the guy earlier the the chin guy he was like the 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 earth bending can't affect the metal inside the you know so it's like there's a whole lot of foreshadowing towards metal bending in this episode. Yeah. And I was even more excited to see when she finally like cracks the code and does it in the finale. Mm-hmm. When also when they a little later when they're they're weakening the support beams, I'm like, I'm just imagining like, oh, my God, if they only figured out metal bending earlier, like that would have taken like three seconds for Toph, you know, like a hydraulic press in the soda can. Yeah, have you seen those hydraulic presses videos yes. on TikTok? I love those. Uh, so once inside the drill, Sokka then says that he needs a plan of the machine in order to figure out how to destroy it. He slices a pipe open, which causes the steam to fill the room, which was the intent, because that way they would lure a maintenance guy down there and he'd have the plans on him. And, uh, you know, with a little bit of ingenuity from like turning steam into ice, mm-hmm. he managed to freeze an engineer and Sokka steals the plans. So smart. Really smart on Sokka's part, too. Yeah. And the fact that he, he is the idea like, guy. As soon as, he is the ideas guy. <laughs> but like as soon as he gets in, there's like, okay. Great, I need a plan. Here's how we get the plan. Cut open this. <laughs> Everyone keep up. Yeah. Um, after looking at their plans, he figures that they need to cut through the braces that connect the stuff in order to collapse the machine. That That's a lot of fancy words used there. They just got to break a few things first. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, meanwhile, back to Iroh and Zuko, they sit down on a bench at the monorail station when Jet comes over and sits next to Zuko and starts asking about, hey, what you going to do when you're inside the city? Meanwhile, Iroh's ordering some jasmine tea from a tea cellar, only to spit it out in disgust and complaining that the tea is cold. I say that's significant because it comes into play later. Mm-hmm. Usually when it comes to like some small details in the episode, I try to overlook them, but like, mm, that's important. Yeah. Uh, Jet then notices that Iroh has used firebending to reheat his cup. Uh, seeing that, you know, I, like, seeing that like, he, like Zuko knows that, Jet knows that he reheated his tea, 
Uh, Zuko then just knocks the tea out of Iroh's hand and scolds him for firebending in public, to which Iroh says, I know you're not supposed to cry over spilled tea, but it's just so sad. Well, here's the, here's the thing. Yes, it was not very smart of Iroh to do this. What was even less smart was Zuko making a scene and knocking the cup out of his hands. Mm-hmm. Like, we don't know if, Jet was the only one that saw that, you know? Like, there was no way for him to know. So I would have just been like, do nothing and act like it's normal, you know? But I mean, Zuko is right. Like, that was pretty... I mean, like, Iroh, I know you love tea, but you're you're a, a refugee from the Fire Nation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you are Fire Nation. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. you're a refugee from the Fire Nation in the sense that you're running away from the Fire Nation, but you also are Fire Nation. <laughs> yeah. Sokka, Katara, and Aang then arrive at the location of these steel braces and carry out their scheme. Not my words there, but I think it's a cool word. <laughs> anyway, Aang and Katara start slowly slicing through one brace using the water bending uh, from Katara's water skin supply. And they just kind of do it back and forth like they're chopping a tree. So then they finally cut through the, the beam after, you know, being exhausted. Uh, the two ends only slightly shift out of alignment. It was not a very successful uh, execution. No. Um, and then they finally they, they think for a second that they're gonna that they cut through that they like you know impact, did some sort of dent on the machine uh, because they hear like some rumbling from outside. But uh, you know, Chin comes on the radio and he's like, "Hey, guess what? We hit the wall. We're going in, guys. Woo! <laughs> party on the upper deck." Mm-hmm. Uh, and so yeah, they just it just didn't work out that well. But they realize that they don't really have to cut through all the braces all the way. They can just cut through, you know, a little bit through the halfway through the braces, I should say. So that way yeah. you just weaken them. Because he learned something from his earthbending lessons. Oh, look at that. <laughs> I think, I mean, this is probably the most we've seen Aang earthbend. Because he did just learn how to do it, like, you know, at this point in the series, I mean. Like, you get to see his earthbending skills and, like, and play more during this episode at least that's something i noticed well i i noticed the first the in the beginning of the episode when him and toff are earthbending that platform to get up the wall i think is mm-hmm. the first time i don't remember if he used earthbending in the serpent's pass or the desert i don't remember but like in combat i think this yeah. is the first time ang uses earthbending in combat later on in the episode and also applies some of the philosophies of earthbending so you know good for him yeah good for him look at him learn look at him go um, after completing that, after, you know, cutting through half of the beam through for all of the beams, that makes sense. Uh, he'd need to deliver a final blow that would be forceful enough to sh- basically fuck up the whole thing. Uh, so they just keep saying that gang guitar go back to work and Toph is trying to continue to stop the drill from getting even further into the bossing say. Uh, meanwhile, earthbenders on top of the wall are sh- throwing large boulders to try to damage the drill, but they are not successful, just like Chin said. <laughs> They're just, like, <laughs> bouncing off of the drill. They're not even, like, making boing. any sort of... It's like, boing, boing, boing. It's so funny. It's like, a, you know, someone spilling cheese curls off of a desk or something, you like, know? I'm just like, is that really <laughs> all that you guys can do? <laughs> That's the best you got? Wow. Yeah. Anyway, uh... Back to the command center, a soldier tells uh, Chin that an engineer has been ambushed and another one's like, hey, guess what? We know that there's a brace been cut through. Like, there's going to be some, like, something's up here. Something, something's wrong. Uh, Azula immediately picks up on the sabotage and sends Tylee and Mai to go investigate. Not Mai. Why is her, her name's Mei? She's May. 
May. It's okay. Anyway. We're not the only Avatar podcast to accidentally call her May or Mai. It's okay. Anyway, so Azula immediately notices the sabotage. So she sends herself and Ozai's angels to go investigate. Uh, so right when they're right when Ang and Katara are about to finish the job, they get attacked by Azula and I, and the rest of Ozai's angels. Um, they then split up at the intersection where Katara tosses her water skin to Ang because she's gonna need it. And May and Tylee follow Katara and Sokka while Azula follows Aang. Um, they go, sorry, Sokka and Katara arrive at a hatch that's marked the Slurry Pipeline, which has rocks and water. They jump into the muddy water and, you know, just narrowly miss May's knives and they get washed away in it. Uh, Tylee's trying to get May to go down the slurry, the slurry pipe hole thingy. Uh, and May's like, nope, this is, this is gross. I'm not, I'm not going to bother. Like, you go do it, girl. I may in this situation. I'm like absolutely not. I nope. don't care if it's just if it's just dirt, dirt and what. I don't care. Yeah, I don't care. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. Also, I had a hard time. Oh, go it, ahead. It's a, it's a hazard. You can hit one of the rocks on the way down. You know, exactly. Too much risk. Too much risk. No, no. So like you know, I mean, I even had. I'm I'm with May on this one. I I had a hard time putting my putting like my sweats on after swimming, and I got was wet with that. It's like I was just chlorine water. Like, <laughs> I, no. I don't like getting my clothes dirty. So Tylee goes in after Sokka and Katara. Meanwhile, Aang is heading to the top of the drill where he wants to deliver the final strike to take down the big-ass drill. Katara and Sokka end up getting dumped out of the drill, covered in, you know, rocks and water and crap. And Tylee comes in after them, but Katara uses her water bending to create a plug and stops her in her tracks. Mm -hmm. uh, Sokka then tells her to continue to plug the drain, and when you know Aang delivers the final blow, the pipes will be ready to burst from all that pressure. So smart, smart move. Um, Aang then chooses a spot on top of the drill to you know give the final you know hit, so that way the Big ass drill stops eventually because this thing is just it's just keep going. It's just keep going. You know, the suspense in this episode's pretty good though, I gotta say. Uh, just a random comment. The suspense in the episode, like oh, how yeah. are we gonna do this? Like and now it's like now they know how we're gonna they're gonna do it. It's like, okay, let's do it. Like, you know, mm -hmm. just kind of like, you know, all of the things that's kind of building up to. It's amazing. It does remind me a little bit of the well, I guess it would be the other way around of the how they beat the Colossus and Legend of Korra. Mm. Like it's like pretty much the same concept yeah you know, that's take right. it down from the inside that makes sense i didn't even think about that nice good no. observation well ang chooses the spot to deliver the final blow and all the boulders are still raining overhead and one nearly hits him he yells to song to stop shooting rocks down there and i cut a general song <laughs> whatever you do do not stop shooting rocks down there comedic yeah. stuff i can't believe I, I can't believe i forgot about that moment like usually i like to watch a lot of avatar funny moments videos and mm -hmm. i have not seen this one in any of them and i think that's this a problem. pretty funny yeah that made me crack up um ang uses water bending to cut an x into the hole to create a weak spot and gets ready to deliver the you know the big hit uh katara meanwhile is still handling this the pressure with her water bending on the drill just the slurry woman like <laughs> she managed to smack her brother across the face of the water while holding like all of this water in that's building up in the drill like mm -hmm. good for her look at all the multi she has multitasking abilities that shit's hard top then joins in after the sibling spat and teams up with katara to plug up the drain by earth bending it and puts more pressure on it the drill this is now being kind of being pushed a little bit here 
uh, Aang Bing tries to catch his breath because, let's face it, it's kind of been an exhausting day at this point, only to have Azula just firebend at him because, you know, yay, show off time. The two face off. Aang uses his water, air, and now earthbending skills with the boulders, and he keeps using them to his advantage. This and- is a really cool fight. I gotta yeah. say. Also, the fact that you see like her like fly in the air and like kick a boulder out of the way, like she does this like what like a couple times, like it looks yeah. it's almost like she's like kicking it out of the way, like damn girl, she's yeah. like damn near indestructible shoes as we see at the end of the episode. I just love at any time it's it's Azula versus Aang. There's just so much to look forward to, um, because I don't, I I just can't think of any anyone who's like more, uh, barring Ozai, anyone who's like more opposite in terms of like their attack. And, and how they, like, fight. So it's, like, those differences are really highlighted once you put them not only in a fight, but under, like, uh, like extraneous circumstances with, like, the drill moving and the rocks coming down. Like, there's a lot going on, and it's really exciting to watch. Especially watching her, like, deal with, like, now, you know, three different elements and, like, you know, having to... Mm-hmm. be as successful as she is in this fight, you know? Yeah, and I love that there wasn't, like, that... We need to counter for every time like Avatar is not your typical cartoon because like there isn't there's never that moment where Azula's like oh I see you've learned earth bending now well take this like it's never she's just like cool and then just keeps going you yeah. know like it, she doesn't really ever pause to consider it you know because I guess I guess she doesn't really know like where Aang is in his training or anything you know mm-hmm. and they haven't really they've only gone face to face like one other time one or two other times yeah. So, hmm. yeah. Well, eventually she knocks him unconscious, so there's that. Uh, the drill then bursts through the outer wall. Azula pulls Aang up, which prevents him from being crushed, and then pushes him against the wall and ready and gets a fireball ready in her other hand. Aang then regains consciousness and uses the wall to form this gauntlet type thing. He has his own, like, you know, gauntlet glove thing out of rock, which mm-hmm. is really cool, which stops her fire blast. Yeah. And then this reminds you know what this reminds me of reminds me what does it remind you of that scene from Rise of Kyoshi, where Yun does that same thing to like stop a blade. Oh, that's right. You remember that? That's, I didn't even, that's I didn't even it, think about. That's what it reminded me of. And then he What's... does that. He does that stance that's like very reminiscent of the the Earthbender in the the like the opening Intro. credits. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was really cool. Also, it reminded me of when like Toph. I think it's the part she's doing when she's Melon Lord. Uh, when she has like the she makes an armor out of the rocks and has like you know the yeah. eye hole open like that that reminded me of that because you know literally it's just one hand versus you know talking your whole body yeah. but details it's cool um and then regains consciousness like i said oh i got to that part already slurry then starts to just old faithful style from the cracks in the wall covering them both <laughs> in it so they get messy and just you know it just makes the fight a lot more interesting because they're just slipping and crashing into each other flying mm-hmm. across the top of the drill Azula managed to save herself with her freaking indestructible shoes, like, you know, sparks flying as she's going down the drill everything trying to stop her fall. She, everything she's wearing is sharp as a knife. Yeah. Like, there's that scene in season three where she's falling, and the way she saves herself is by pulling out the, the Fire Nation thing in her top knot and, like, sticking it into the mountain. That's right. Like, oh. everything on her is, like, a weapon, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I was trying to make a reference to, like... You know, it's so sharp it could pierce the hull of an entire nation ship, leaving thousands to drown at sea because it's so sharp. It's so sharp. <laughs> like, 
I probably butchered it that, but you know, <laughs> I the point the has been made. The point I has been made. Um, yeah, so Momo helps Aang out while he airbends himself to safety, and he lands at the weakened spot and uses a nearby boulder. Thank God for the one lucky boulder. After fi- <laughs> yes. finally, finally, the boulders have been have proven themselves useful through this fight. <laughs> after originally being a nuisance, uh, and after slicing off bits of the boulder, he makes a running start, airbends him up the wall, and then yeets himself down. Azula tries to go after him, but Aang manages to push her push her away with airbending. The drill then implodes after he makes the blow, and it stops in its track. Uh, you know, boom, 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 boom. <laughs> I, I just want to point out the moment where he is running down the wall and like the avatar theme is like blaring mm-hmm. and like he's like unstoppable. It's like one of my all time favorite moments of the series because this is really apart from the attack on the North Pole. I mean, this is a pretty big event for Aang as an avatar yeah because like if there wasn't already a war this would this whole situation would be the start of a war would be the cause of it you know like this Mm -hmm. is like a direct assault from one nation to another nation you know so this is like a really big deal for Aang so I just I I just I really appreciated everything about this scene. I also think that with I mean, we mentioned that like how he's progressed with his earthbending, seeing how, you know, he was something that he struggled with as like, you know, kind of being the opposite of his, you know, personality. And now we can see him become more comfortable with it. You know, Mm. the book title is Earth after all. So so it was cool seeing that. It's nice. Look at him go. Look at that little monk go. Anyway, you know what that is? Growth. What is it? <laughs> May cracks me up in this part because she opens the hatch to announce the rest of the slurry covered Ozai's angels that they lost. Like just, just casual. I appreciate like they like they lost like a football game or something. We lost. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile at the station, Smellerby, Longshot, and Jet uh, you know, just pissed off about the fact that the people they traveled over here with are potentially firebenders. And they board the same monorail that Zuko and Iroh are riding into Ba Sing Se. And of course, because the um, you know monorail reference, I gotta make a reference to Disney World. Uh, please stand clear of the doors. Por favor, mantenganse alejado de las puertas. I sounded very very gringa right there, but I tried. Okay. <laughs> this is a, a this is what they say at Disney World. Yeah, that's what that's what they say at the monorail on the monorail. Like, okay, I, I've never you, been. After, yeah, so every time you so like every time you go on the monorail, whether you're getting you're getting off or you know getting back on it, like it will that's the spiel that it always sounds like you know and to the point where people get it memorized. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. I was like, well, I saw I saw in the doc just now, and I'm like, oh man, what what movie is that from? What a- no Disney World? <laughs> Sorry, I probably should have clarified that. Okay. Hmm. Anyway, so they. They referred to it as a monorail. I had to make a monorail reference for your Disney World, you know, Disney parks nuts out there like myself. Um, then inside the car, Ira leans over and, you know, tickles baby Hope, you know, coincidence. Mm-hmm. Interesting coincidence. Um, at the top of the wall, meanwhile, Sokka starts pitching nicknames to their group, including the Ang Gang, which is close enough. Just, you know, just, we call them the gang. Uh, the Boomerang Squad, the Fearsome Foursome, and they're, he just gets shot down every time. Or like Team Avatar, you first them at one point during the episode. So. I'm trying. I'm trying to imagine as you use any of these names, like realistically, when we're doing like <laughs> the recaps. So the fearsome foursome arrive in Bossing Say. <laughs> there you go. Like the boomerang superhero. squad. Yeah. Boomerang squad. Boomerang. I don't know. My vote. My vote is for fearsome foursome. It's I got like the same well. terror team alliteration. 
I love me some alliteration. <laughs> that, there's the influence of the terror team right there. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, there you go. But yeah, I think for now we'll stick with the gang. Fell <laughs> two A's. I gotta say that with like the team avatars from each series, like, you know, there's like team, they're both team avatar. So we will call Korra's group the crew, spelled with a K, but mm-hmm. like, it's not quite the same as the gang, you know? Spelled with two A's. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. They did their best. I appreciate it. And with that, that ends episode 213, The Drill. Uh, We'll be back with another recap of 214 after this ad read. Cool. And we're back. So let's talk about 214, City of Walls and Secrets. Um, Coming off off of their victory against The Drill, the gang are escorted into the city. Katara says she can't believe they finally made it to the city, but Sokka says not to jinx it because weird shit happens to them all the time. (laughs) Um, And some guy, I guess with a... A thing of corn in his mouth sits between them. This is very like New York City subway. Oh, like absolutely. <laughs> um, Katara, meanwhile, assures Aang that they're gonna find Appa um, once they get into the city. And as they enter the city, we hear this very grandiose bossing say theme that I want everybody like keep an eye out for. Um, and we do. We hear it like the first thing in the episode when it's still like the um where it's like book two chapter you know whatever. Um, like very creepily on like a, a, a chalice, but you, you hear it a million times in this episode. And I think you also hear it in Korra. So there's this cool like musical consistency there. Um, so the gang depart from the train and they meet their city tour guide, Judy, who casually waves off anything to do with meeting the Earth King or the war and decides that she wants to show them around the city. Um, so off the bat, weird vibes. The way the way Judy is introduced is is I know I know it's like a kid show. But it's like immediate red flag, <laughs> like mm-hmm. between like the blank smile and stare and like the way her like when the when the monorail passes and her hair is like blowing in the wind and she like doesn't react to it. She's just yeah. kind of standing there. Like she might not have, right. She might as well be T-posing like, yeah, it's it's not it's not good. Um, so during their tour of the lower ring, Judy says that Bossing Say has many walls, including ones on the inside to help maintain order and I'll translate that for you. And all that means is just to keep the keep out the poor people through gerrymandering. Um, Katara yeah. even asks, why do they have all these poor people blocked off in one part of the city? And Aang is like, this is why I never wanted to come here. It's so opposite from the way the monks taught us to live. Um, and I assume it's it's to the to the tune of everyone is equal. Everyone deserves to be treated equally. Um mm-hmm. But Sorry to interrupt uh, with the I had a fact that I forgot to put in the doc about Judy's name. No, um, go ahead. I saw this like uh, Tumblr post that said basically that Judy literally means local in Mandarin Chinese. Um, but when you break down like the actual characters of her names, like uh-huh. it actually reveals a lot about the the ominous, creepy stuff going on under the surface of boxing. Say, um, so the characters for her name mean bureau and earth. So when mm-hmm. you're writing her name, it would literally be read Bureau of Earth, which, you know, you'd Bureau? stick on the, you'd, yeah, Bureau of Earth, okay. which sounds like, you know, it's something you'd stick on like government property. Mm-hmm. Um, so Judy is not the name of the person. It's the identity that's pushed on a bunch of brainwashed women, as we see later, um, you know, creepy. They literally are the government and they're not allowed to forget that it's been through the name that's given to them. Someone put down like the American equivalent of this would be. Hello, my name is Sia, and I'll be your DC tour guide. Oh, Sia, that's a pretty name. It's spelled CIA, short for Central Intelligence Agency. Wait, you work for the CIA? No, I am the CIA. <laughs> and then you find out she's the victim of Project MK Ultra. Like, 
that's that's Bossing Say in a nutshell. Systematic and casual dehumanization with a thin veneer of affability. So that's from a Tumblr post. So I had to throw that in real quick. Gotcha. Well, Avatar Ricky says that this episode's plot is also, it also contains a lot of elements from George Orwell's 1984, mm. um, which is cited incorrectly a lot of times on, on certain political sides. Um, I also <laughs> forgot to mention that apparently other... Um, some TV services will actually list this episode as Secrets of Bossing Say. Um, and I just, I would like to talk about whoever's in charge of programming because let's, can we just stick to one? Let's pick one and go from there uh, just to make it easy for us. Um, but no, I just thought that was, that was interesting to talk about. But I mean, it's very, I would love to get like a historian on the podcast to kind of, because I know a lot of this is probably, um, very influenced from like early Chinese dynasties and that sort of thing. Um, especially mm. with things like the secret police and like the preserving the cultural heritage of the city, like that sort of thing. I would love to get some more info on that, but I'm just not, I don't think either of us are w very well versed in um, Eastern history. So yeah. we'll leave it to, to people who are, but it's just an idea. Um, yeah. So we cut to Zuko and Ira walking through the streets and Ira suggests that, um, Zuko might want to bring home a lady friend um, mm. and very uh, uh, brave of Iroh to think that Zuko is straight but uh, Zuko says that the city <laughs> is a prison that. and that he doesn't want to make a life here um, and while they're having this conversation the freedom fighters trail loosely behind them um, trans icon Smellerby questions Jet's motives saying that she thought that they were supposed to change their ways and Jet assures her that once he gets the evidence that they're firebenders, he'll just leave it be and let the police take care of it. Okay. Mm. We'll see. So with mm. Jet spying on them, Zuko and Iroh start their first day at the tea shop, and Iroh could not be happier until he tries their tea, saying that it's nothing more than hot leaf juice. Zuko says that's not that's what all tea is, and Iroh is deeply offended. How could someone from my own family say something so horrible? Yeah. <laughs> like, But I agree with Zuko on that one. Yeah, and with that, he claims that they're going to have to make some major changes at the tea shop. Um, the gang continues their tour of Bossing Say as they enter the middle ring. Sokka again brings up the war and meeting the Earth King, but Judy pivots quickly to how splendid the middle ring is. Um, Toph explains to the crew that Judy is handling them and that they should just get used to it. Um, obviously referencing to how she was like handled when she was living with her family. Um so as they continue their tour, Katara spots some very creepy men in an alleyway, and Judy informs her that they are the Dai Li, the cultural authority of Bossing Say, as they guard all of their traditions. And I was like, cultural authority? My well, ass. Well, apparently Kiyoshi started the Dai Li. Yeah, I, I assume... Which I am very curious about this. <laughs> I am also very curious about this, and I assume that's what they were originally meant for. And then um, they became the secret police. But they are they are secret police, which is which is later on when we do actually meet some police guards, it's just kind of like interesting. Like there's there's still police, but the Daily are are they are technically still have weapons. Like, I don't know. Mm -hmm. Um Aang asks again to see the king, and Judy says one doesn't just pop in on the Earth King. Um, and she she brings them to their new home and informs them that their meeting with the Earth Kingdom will be processed in about a month. And by a month, she means six to eight weeks. And if this is not the most bureaucratic thing I have ever heard in my entire life, mm -hmm. like I have, I understand. <laughs> and she says this is much faster than usual too, you know? Oh, so 
god i mean what i know that the, I'm, i know they don't have computers earth. but still like someone's <laughs> got to catch up on their on their email like come yeah. on outdated yeah. outdated meme alert one does not simply <laughs> pop in on the earth king <laughs> it's got it yeah it's probably out there somewhere <laughs> um if not robert um Sokka tries to get an audience earlier but judy says that the earth kingdom is just too busy Aang suggests that while they wait, they look for Appa since they'll, they'll be staying for at least a month. And Judy insists that it would make her a bad host to leave them alone. So they now have a personal babysitter. Mm. Uh, the gang visits several places to question people about Appa, but they are all intimidated by Judy and they buckle, like, under, buckle under the pressure and they offer no help to Aang where Appa might be. Just like how she like shakes, like, you know, like she stares at them and like shakes her head with this like smile on her face. Like she's yeah. like. See, if a real person did that, that's terrifying. It's terrifying in animation, uh, but like. You, I mean, yeah. Do you see me do it? I'm not yeah. sure how terrifying I am, but. <laughs> that's not. Yeah, definitely. It's not. unsettling. I mean, very even unsettling. Doing, even, if I'm, even if I'm doing it terribly, it's still unsettling. Right. <laughs> exactly. Um, I also want to put a point out one of these locations they go to is Bossing State University, which we talked about in an episode or two ago. And yes, I just love that we have we have canon from. confirmation that there are political science majors in the Avatar universe, and someone oh, is boy. playing devil's advocate with the airbender genocide. I just know it. I just mm. know it. Well, mm. if they were allowed to talk about the war, they would be. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe after. But mm. also at this point, I mean, we really haven't gotten to this part, but like we saw in the last episode, the drill does make its way through the wall. There had to be people in the lower ring being like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> like there were like actual like houses on the wall that the yeah. drill broke through. Like, do we, we do we just assume that they injured. were, do we do it? Just assume that they all got brainwashed. Like, like, Oh how. no, that wasn't a drill. That but was... also with like the structuring of the, the rings, you know, as we see, like having literally like the, the, the porous being out in the outer ring area. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Like literally they're basically uh, their own sh- like a shield as well. Like obviously there's the, the outer wall, but like also yeah. the people in it kind of serve as a shield for those who are, you know, higher, you know, considered higher class. Right, and, and it, the, the lower ring system. is probably the most populated as well. So if they really don't want them to know about the war because of, like, panic and uprising, they need to be concerned about the people in the lower ring who mm-hmm. can easily overpower them and outnumber them, you know? Look what happens in Korra. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, I mean, Zahir kind of has a point. Mm-hmm. Uh, after Judy leaves them, they notice a nearby man, Pong, watching them from his house. Sokka asks him why everyone is so hesitant to talk about the war, and Pong says that they are not allowed to mention the war within the walls of Ba Sing Se, and that they should stay away from the Dai Li at all costs. So very ominous, very just foreshadowy for the gang. Mm-hmm. So later that day, we see Jet spying on Iroh and Zuko in their apartments. And I just got to say, the White Lotus really set them up. They got, they gave them a nice passports. Apartment. They gave them a nice apartment. They gave them a job. Like, they are ready to go. They're, like, almost, like, Illuminati level. Like, they're, <laughs> like, ready to go. <laughs> Seriously. So Jet has stolen Iroh's spark rocks to make tea. And he assumes that Iroh will just fire Ben instead. But... Iroh being the purest at tea making, he just goes next door and gets the spark rocks from his neighbor. So Jet still has no proof. But at this point, you're just kind of like, this is very stalkery. This is very, seems a little obsessive, Jet. I think we need to 
need to calm down oh, a little we bit. Are, no, he has, has some issues after the episode he was introduced in. Yeah, true. So... Um, so we cut to the next morning. Katar figures out figures out a way to see the Earth King, and that is to sneak into the palace for a birthday party for the Earth King's pet bear. This is so funny. Aang, Sokka, <laughs> and Toph question what kind of bear it is. Oh, you and mean Katara this says, bear? Armadillo bear? It's just a bear. <laughs> They're just baffled then, by the existence and then of Toph a, just is like, a bear. Yeah, and Toph is like, this place is weird. <laughs> That's that's the that's the biggest thing of his place is weird because he's like, a regular bear. It's like a little fourth wall breaky, which Avatar doesn't do a whole lot, but I do I do appreciate it. Um, Toph mentions that a high society crowd would pick them out far too quickly, so th- the plan would never work. Um, but she does think that Katara could pass, so they start dressing up uh, to go to this party. And the best part of the scene is when Aang and Sokka try to act fancy in high society. I just got to point out the Momo of the Momo dynasty, his Momo-ness, and then the gong sound <laughs> when, when Momo bows. <laughs> and then, like, the, like the, the, the slapstick of them bowing to each other. My brother and I were literally, like, doing this today. We didn't smack our heads, though, but we were referencing to it. Because, like, my brother and I are similar with, like, our relationship with, like, we are both pretty smart people, but you put us together and we are some of the One dumbest brain cell. people you'll ever meet. One yeah, brain exactly. Cell. Yeah. So, this, I just... Love this dynamic so much. Well, also, and the Avatar Aang, how you do go on. <laughs> it's so funny. Just like the funny voices they put on, especially uh, Sokka's like goofy yeah. voices. Uh, Aang blushes when the two girls come out in their high society dress, and um, he tells Katara that she looks beautiful, and he gets flicked by Sokka, who were just playing a rock, paper, scissors version of, or I guess, of elements. element <laughs> version of, of rock, paper, scissors, which I mean. I want to know the I rules, like what beats what, you know, what, what is, you know, under that, you know. World building. They have little games. <laughs> um. So, yeah. And then as they leave to go to the party, Momo of the Momo dynasty, his Momo-ness, walks into frame with yet another gong sound. And it's just, it's so funny to me. <laughs> it's so funny. Um, I love it. Smeller B and Longshot confront Jet and tell him he is way too obsessed with this thing. Um, Jet reacts negatively and decides to confront Zuko and Iroh on his own. So he barges into the tea shop and attempts to convince everyone that they are firebenders. Um, there's like two policemen there and they try to like, like settle down, son. But Zuko grabs one of the guards, dual swords and engages with Jet. And the two are just battling it out in this tea shop. Um, Jet keeps trying to goad Zuko into using his firebending, but Zuko just uses his swords, which is the opposite of what happened in Zuko alone, mm. um, where he uses firebending out of instinct. Um, but in this, he instead just continues to use his sword. So you know what that is? Gross. Amazing. Um, so the Daily arrive, uh, and the cr- the crowd around them tells them how Jet just like ambushed and started t- attacking. Zuko and Iroh just out of nowhere, so they Which detain. Which is kind of true <laughs> to them. To them, yes, that is what mm-hmm. happened, you know. But it's like it's it's weird because like you're not exactly as an audience member, you are not exactly on Jet's side because mm-hmm. while Zuko and Iroh are technically the villains, or at least on the bad side, you don't want them to get fi- found out, you yeah. know. So you're you're meant to be rooting for Zuko in this fight. Just like the oh the development the the choices that were made that made it like that because usually that does, this sort of thing doesn't happen. You no, know? it 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 just makes you question everything as an audience member. You're like, what am I supposed 
to feel, but like not in a bad way. You know, yeah, like exactly. the, it's you don't really know who to side for. You, you but, don't want you don't also don't want Jet to get taken by the Dai Li either. You know, yeah, you don't, especially well, especially after what we know and what happens, we don't want him to get taken. You know, because mm-hmm. he is right, but we don't want him to be right. We don't want Zuko and Iroh to be found out. You know, so it's it's just this weird, you know, and this is the B plot of the episode, by the way. Exactly. So, and it still's got these all these layers that you that you can like play with as an audience member. I just think it's really good. Um, but yeah, they the crowd tells tells the Daily what happened and the Daily detain Jet and drag him away. Um, so over at the palace, Toph and Katara try to lie their way into the, the party, but the guard won't help them. Um, they manage to get inside with the help of, of an official named Long Fang, who introduces himself as the cultural minister of uh, to the king, and he insists on accompanying, on accompanying them inside. I can never say that Long word. Fang is voiced by the same guy who voices uh, Mr. Krabs in SpongeBob. And I love that. I love that. <laughs> he does a lot of voice acting work, and he was actually on The Mandalorian. I don't know if you knew that. Yep. Mm-hmm. He's on The Mandalorian, and he's also in Clone Wars as well. So. Yeah, a lot. Yeah, a lot of great voice acting for him. Um, meanwhile, Aang and Sokka managed to sneak in by the way by way of the kitchen, rather than going with Sokka's Momo ghost plan, which oh, I, I, think, I still I, I wanted. To I would have liked to see that. Yeah, <laughs> like that that was a bad idea, but like the 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 earth bending through the vent was was a good one. <laughs> that lemur's earth bending. <laughs> So inside the party, the gang are discovered by Judy and she tries to urge them to leave or they'll all be in big trouble. Minor chaos ensues and Aang accidentally reveals himself as the Avatar or not so accidentally. And the way like the the music kind of like winds down and like this face, the face, like Judy's face like falls. It's just like, wah, wah. (laughs) She's like, I'm fucked. Like this, this is not good. Yeah. Um, but Aang, being an entertainer at heart, wows and distracts the audience with some flashy bending while Sokka looks for the king. And as speaking of the king, uh, he enters in in his palanquin. Uh, oh, Sokka, that's the name for it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember Azula says it at some point. I don't know if it's if it's already <laughs> happened or not. Um, but yeah, she says something like it's so hard to get good palanquin like like carriers or something. I don't know. <laughs> Um, but Sokka, Toph, and Katara are quickly detained by the by the Dai Li, and before Aang can get to the king, Longfang enters and introduces himself as actually the head of the Dai Li, and asks to have a word with him. So the gang are trying to convince Longfang to let them see the Earth King, but he says that the king is solely worried about the cultural heritage of Bossing Se while he oversees the city's resources, including the military, because he thinks the king shouldn't be worried with the hourly changes of an endless war. Um, Toph accuses Longfang of using the king as his puppet, but Longfang like bristles at this accusation. And he but says, Oh no, no, totally no. It's totally true. It's totally true. But he's like, Oh no, no, no. The king is a God to his people, you know, um, which doesn't, uh, doesn't defend his position. I don't know. Um, like that's not a good, that's not a good comeback. No. But at Sokka mentioning the war and the solar eclipse and the mention of the earth kingdom potentially leading an invasion, Longfang stops them and says that it is the strict policy of the city that the war not be mentioned within the walls as constant news of an escalating war could send the citizens into a panic. And I, I'm just remem- reminded of a specific leaked phone call with former ex-president Orange Face in like February of 2020 
talking to that guy on the phone being like COVID is going to be really bad, but we can't tell anybody they're going to, it's going to send everybody to a panic. Like we can't tell anybody. I'm just like, Hmm. hmm. So the Fire Nation hmm. and the Earth Kingdom, or at least Boston say, is America. <laughs> yeah. And if you There's think an episode right there. <laughs> if you think America doesn't um keep secrets from you, you are sorely mistaken, my friend. Um, but yeah, this is this is it's just so interesting to me. I just love like very like po- politics heavy, like sort of machinations. Like that's a to me, that is just a great driver for a good plot. Like, that's why I love season one of Legend of Korra so much, because it is so heavily political. And it's just, it's just so good to me. I just, I think that's like the one thing that, not the one thing, but like the main thing that really makes it work as a season of television. Also, like, I mean, here's the, I just enjoy like the politics of different worlds anyway, like, you know, different universes. Yeah, I'd rather escape into the politics of other worlds. (laughs) Exactly. That's why I like, you know, that's why when I find myself watching Clone Wars, I find myself jumping back to like some of the political episodes, especially the ones centering around Padme, because I... Everyone hates the politics of Star Wars. Not everyone, but a lot of people do. I do not. So had to jump in on that real quick. <laughs> well, I will say the politics and the prequels, that the is movies? not why the prequels yeah. sucked. No. You know, well, you know, matter of opinion. I don't want to talk about Star Wars, but <laughs> there is a way to make the make to make Star Wars politics interesting, you know. And that's what they do in the Clone Wars. <laughs> yeah, exa- exactly, exactly, exactly. Um, so as long thing continues to speak um we cut to jet who has been taken to some underground facility and he mentions the war and he is starting to be brainwashed by the daily in forgetting anything about the war and assures him that he is safe within the city and this is like the holy shit moment of the episode because yeah. this is how they have managed to really pull the wool over people's eyes like, like forcibly it's not just like they're not just pulling it they are fully on yanking yeah. it and holding yeah, forcibly, it down forcibly exactly holding it yanking it down and holding it there yeah like they are much more than just the guard the guardians of our cultural traditions of bossing say you know like mm-hmm. it's it's a lot deeper than that um katara claims that the people need to know about the war and ang says that he will tell everyone um, as soon as he can, but Longfang counters that by saying he will be expelled from the city if he is caught mentioning the war, which would be a real shame if he couldn't find his bison before he was kicked out of the city. Um, Longfang then introduces them to Judy, but it is a new Judy, and and it, with it's very creepy. It's obviously a different person. Like, and this is the like the final nail in the gaslighting coffin of this city. Mm-hmm. Like this is what are you talking about? This is Judy. What are you talking? What are you talking about? You're crazy, you know. And with a final very creepy sound effect, we end the episode. Two very big episodes. Yeah. Very very important for this season, and we are going to be spending the rest of the season in Bossing Say too. So it's going to be a wild ride. Oh yes. Um, so let's move on to our, our Azula Bell counter with, that was currently at sixteen, um, but for two thirteen the drill. Me and you counted five Azula Bells, so let's add that to the counter. And we have our new total for our Azula Bell counter at 21. So we are, I, I, I was saying to Caleb before we started recording, I was shocked. I thought there were going to be a lot more in the drill, but we still have a long way to go with Azula. So, oh, know. yes. Well, cool. absolutely. All right. So let's move on to Phantom Corner. Kayla, what do you got yes. for us? Like most of our 
fandom corner content. This comes from Tumblr. Mm-hmm. Um, I sort of wish that they would make a story or something about the second Avatar. I mean, that must have been strange as fuck. Like eight, and suddenly you're all bending. You're bending all the elements, and no one can give you a reasonable explanation other than you know this guy named Juan used to do that. And then it has like, and it, like a reply to it says like the it has like a quote style thing where it's like the second Avatar doing the talking to your past life thing for the first time. Whoa, what's going on? And it's just Juan. Uh, you're asking the questions. I wish I knew the answers to, buddy. I mean, they're probably pretty close thinking about it. This is a really classic setup of the chosen one kid and their weird spirit kind of companion figuring out the ropes as they go about it alone. Like, yeah. And then there's another example of like the quote post thing going, I made fire. Yeah, I see that. But no, look, I made fire. I can see that. And it's in your house. <laughs> you remember that water trick we were just talking about? That might be really useful right now. Yeah, I would. I would watch the shit out of this. I think this would be so cool to see. And again, it could just be part of my dream, you know, um, anthology series of every episode is a different avatar. But like, I mean, just thinking logistically, like, it's the same thing is going to happen to the avatar after Korra. Obviously, they they would know a lot more about the avatar and that stuff and that sort of thing. But I just wonder the thing I I wonder about Juan is like how quickly, if at all, was the avatar elevated to the status of like a world leader or like a political figure at all, like in his la- yeah. lifetime, or was he just like this in the early days? Was the avatar just like this force to be reckoned with that was just like treated as a god? You know? I want this at Avatar Studios. Make this happen, please. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Please. This is really cool. Please. And that rounds out Fandom Corner for the week. Let's move on to our recommendations. What do you recommend this week, Andre? <laughs> so um, I I recommend uh, Marshalls and TJ Maxx. <laughs> Just hear me out for a second. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> to me, at least the Marshalls that I have frequented here in my hometown to me, it's like a thrift store, but the clothes are new. Mm. Like, the prices are comparable. Like, I got this really cool Avatar The Last Airbender t-shirt for, like, $6. And it's new. And they have, like... I know I I'm, I'm I didn't just, like, discover Marshalls. Everyone knows what Marshall is. But <laughs> I'm just saying, if you haven't been in a while, go and check it out. Because you can find a lot of good things i got my boyfriend got like a sweater for like three dollars like it's cable knit sweater for three dollars bitch like if you love a steal visit your local marshall's slash tj maxx you're luck you're more prone to find deals at marshall's for some reason but if there's one around go do it go treat yourself i haven't been there i haven't been i don't know if there's a marshall's near me in morgantown but there's definitely tj oh maxx, there is so. oh there is <laughs> is there there's, okay because mm-hmm, I, cool. I i went to it a lot i figured <laughs> <laughs> or wait oh, or, is there just, or is there just a tj maxx i'm not sure i'll find out when i go back next week yeah um <laughs> let me my know recommendation is another thing to watch uh i just watched it again with my brother today and it's the mitchells versus the machines on netflix i don't know if it, it, it have you heard of it andre have you seen I, about I watched it? the the preview on on netflix because they were pushing it this past week and i added it to my list yeah i'm here to tell you that it's a wonderful movie um, it's from Lord and Miller, you know, the guys behind, you know, some, like some of the guys behind Spider-Verse and mm-hmm. the Lego movie and things like that. Um, they had, I mean, the movie, I will say it's a little predictable at some parts, but it is hilarious. It is mm-hmm. laugh out loud funny. It is wildly creative with the 3D animated animation format. 
And basically, for those of you who haven't heard of this movie, it's basic. It's essentially uh, this family needs to like is having you know um, they're trying to send their oldest daughter off to college, and they're having a hard time like re- you know kind of connecting. Um, and on this road trip to college, uh, the robot apocalypse haps- happens. Uh, the PG version. <laughs> mm. PG comedic version. Yeah. Um, so it's a funny movie. It's very touching. My brother got choked up in the first 10 minutes of the movie. Like, it's it's it hits all the emotional beats. It makes you crack up one minute and then get, you know, kind of emotional in the next. It's absolutely chaotic and wonderful. And if you just need something to do... On like a Saturday afternoon, you don't want to turn your brain off for a bit. Um, you know, go watch the Mitchells versus the Machines. It's you know, it's got like I think Maya Rudolph's in it. Um, I remember her name from Broad City. Um, she's one of, like I think it's Abby name. Sorry, it's bothering me now. Okay. But she was one of the people from Broad City as the uh, as the main character of the daughter. I also want to say that it does LGBTQ representation way better than Disney has been doing it because the main daughter is a lesbian and she has a pride pin on her jacket the entire movie. It's not like it's hidden or anything. It's there the entire time. The movie does a better job of doing a gay character than Disney has been doing. And like, take notes, guys, because like the daughter has a pride pin on her jacket the entire time of the movie. It's not like something you can just, you know, edit out a five, you know, a point five second moment. Yeah. And then at the end of the movie, the mom asks her over FaceTime, like, hey, so are you and Jada thing? Is she going to come over for Thanksgiving? Like, it's not, you know, it's it's perfect. It just makes me so happy. Love I might that. have screamed when I saw that, when that scene came on, like at the end of the movie, when the mom asks her if she has a girlfriend yet. I'm like, I, I straight up screamed because like I needed this growing up. So just, you know, something is it's just casual and awesome. And it's not it's something that can be easily erased, you know? Well, so. not to make everything about Avatar, but I mean that could be traced back to Kurosami. Absolutely! You know? Oh my God, yes. Especially if this is a if this is a children's, uh, well, you know, kids movie aimed at children. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. But yeah, super creative, super fun, super chaotic, funny, emotional. I think it's a great time. Go watch it. Love that. Anyway, so if you need more Avatar Hour in your life, do not forget to subscribe to our excuse. Let's try that again. All right. Well, if you need more Avatar Hour in your life, don't forget to subscribe to our exclusive Patreon at patreon.com slash the Avatar Hour podcast. And if you'd like to send us some feedback about the show or to send in submissions for the fandom corner, you can email us at the Avatar Hour podcast at gmail.com. Or you can reach us on Facebook and Instagram at the Avatar Hour podcast or on Twitter at Avatar Hour. Awesome. And if you'd like to follow me personally on Twitter, I am at hey, it's underscore Andre. And I'm at Kayla underscore underscore Gagnon. I had to forget that real quick. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Cool. So we will see you guys next week for an extremely devastating episode of the Avatar Hour. Because we will be talking the Tales of Bossing Say and Appa's Lost Days, or as I like to call it, (sighs) Appa Alone, on the same episode. Oh, man. It's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. But again, that's why we're doing the fun twitter fan casting for for after hour we're gonna we're gonna have to bring up those those vibes you know absolutely yeah Brains and maybe good. maybe kayla you can bring us something exceptionally funny for fandom corner too just kind of balance out the mood a little bit yeah good idea good <laughs> deal i'll check through, i'll check through my 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 phone because that's where i keep all of my fandom corners just screenshotted on my phone <laughs> awesome all right so we will see you guys next week my name is andre and i'm kayla bye everyone bye, bye.